still running down the road shaking my head they were in the distance um, down into this narrow road and I remember hearing a dog barking and you come to country lanes and normally dogs will bark at you and you run on but this one came down I remember looking and it was, it was like a rock boiler and this thing came bounding down the lane and I was going right stop stop anytime now and I was going shush 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 <laughs> hear this dog coming bounding down and that's what woke me up it was I was going this thing's going to eat me next thing it turned and run away but then made a big loop and came back round and I was looking over my shoulder where did it go where did it go and it came in behind me somewhere and I in my head I was waiting for the crunch of it biting my arse and that's I was waiting for this bite next thing I looked and it run off barking up the lane again and I was wide awake totally alert wide awake I was going oh Jesus Christ next thing I realised I'm running again that's Michael Reagan, and this is the Inspirational Runners Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back. My name's Robbie Marsh and I'm your host, so welcome to the podcast. An epic episode this week from a Belfast runner, originally from County Derry, Michael Reagan, who turns out to be a great storyteller as well as a phenomenal runner. He's relatively new to the world of ultra running, but pulls out an amazing performance to win the inaugural On The Run From The Crumb which is a unique running event which starts inside Belfast Jail. And not unlike the Escape from Meriden that we published on a previous podcast, the concept is to run as far away from the prison within 24 hours. The winner is the runner who gets the furthest away as the crow flies. Not only did Michael win the event, but he managed to make it past the magical 100 mile mark in treacherous conditions. I have to own up at this point and be honest, I sat down to edit this podcast with a bottle of wine and as it was quite a long podcast, the bottle emptied quicker than expected, so I just decided to publish without editing, so excuse any gremlins during the recording. Before we start, I'd just like to give a huge shout out to our sponsors Born to Run. Their award-winning winter series is back, and registration is now open, so make sure you look out for the early bird dates by logging into the website or finding them on Facebook. The first race will be held in Minneburn, Belfast on the 2nd of November. It's not too far away now. There are also reduced rates for the junior races, so why not make it a family affair? It's with great pleasure I give you Michael Reagan. Asking Sean, so we've moved into the the van here now, just to allow his wife, Michael's <laughs> wife to cook dinner for everybody, which is which is dead on. Like, um, so you might hear it a bit echoey. But you were saying about Sean Nickel, and everybody was yeah. sort of challenging everybody. Where are you going? Where are you yeah, going? Everybody was asking, and it was. Uh, Anybody the, telling any lies or anything? Well, uh, I'm going north. No, <laughs> nobody would say it. There was only one team that turned north, and. At that stage, I was head down. I just wanted to get get moving, so I wasn't really thinking about them. But even as we run along, there was a group of us. Um, I'd say about seven or eight, but nobody was nobody was saying like. And I said, "Listen, I'm Carrick and Shannon. If I can if I can make it, I d- I didn't care. I thought I'm not, not going to make it that far anyway. So I'm not a threat to any of these guys. Like some of them, seasoned pros like." The likes of Sean, like Sean, yeah, Sean, I think Sean he, he came second, and the he eats a hundred mile races for breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he came second in Escape from Ireland. Yeah, third in the um, Connemara one hundred mm-hmm. mile not so long ago. When I seen people like that, Jill McCann, another one, um, female runner, she's phenomenal as well. She done Belfast to Dublin to Belfast mm. this year. Um, she does phenomenal training. She does like a hundred miles a week. Mm-hmm. Crazy sort of. 
Yeah, but week on week, a real massive willpower, like you know, and mm. just keeps going. But as I say, when I seen people like that in the race, I had no expectation of even getting anywhere near them, you know, let alone winning. So it was it was complete complete shock. To so me. what what was the buzz like at the beginning? So there's some great pictures there of fantastic. people. people. Everybody's <laughs> dressed in black and white sort of. There were some suits, people really get into suits, it. it was, and everyone got their photo taken behind the bars. Mm-hmm. So it must have been a real good because it's a good community, the ultra running community, yeah. and it really yeah. drew a lot of those really good ultra runners out. And it must have been an amazing buzz that morning. It was when we went in first thing. Uh, Gary and Gillian had the tables for registration set up in the govern outside the governor's office, and you walk into the jail, and it's just it's a historic historic place. Um, lots have happened, so everybody knows the the jail itself. Um, but people were laughing and smiling, and you know it was there's something the atmosphere is really really good at at ultras. More so than I would say, you know, mm. road races or things like that. Extremely when we supportive. went in, it was, yeah, all talking to each other and, oh, what have you got? Have you got enough stuff? And, you know, everybody sort of helps each other out. And You'd be really I interested in what's like, what sort of food people have got yeah. and things like that, mm-hmm. don't you? Kind of see, like, Sean, I think, was actually doing it unsupported. He had no crew, like, yeah. he, had the, he had the full pack. And I was looking at his packs thinking, you know, I thought mine was heavy. But he's he's doing it unsupported with a big big heavy pack and I, I think actually that was Sean's big mistake on, on his reflection it was actually doing a race like that it might have been okay on an ordinary day mm-hmm. but it, it didn't turn out to it be didn't. an ordinary day did it it was horrendous, horrendous weather horrendous. that's probably the worst worst weather I've ever run in, in my life yeah. I was <laughs> you're running for 24 hours 24 hours it actually started off nice mm. like um during the day, it was lovely in Belfast. It was quite chilly in the morning. I had a, a coat and a hood and everything on, and I thought to myself, this will be too much when we start running because I heat up really quickly, and I thought about losing <coughs> excuse me, losing too much sweat. So I took it off for the start, and I was glad I did. It was in shorts and T-shirt, so that's the kind of... We were only down the road, and I had already heated up, you know. Mm. So Saturday morning was good, warm enough, Um the buzz was, oh, it was just electric in the jail and the crack scene, everybody getting into the spirit. There was people with their chains, their ball and chains tied to their <laughs> ankles and they actually do it in chain gangs. So teams of threes and fours can do it together. So they're chained together and they have to stay together for the duration. Um, I was doing it solo myself. That would be pretty unique. It would. You know, if you were chained, would, to you know, chained to somebody. And I don't think you had to be chained, but they actually okay, they were. The they brought their. All oh, right. They, they just <laughs> they done brought it. their own ones in as well. So it's. Uh, it was funny to see. I was actually thinking, God, I'm the, I'm the odd one out. Everybody else is dressed up, and then, thankfully, I seen a few other ones that, that hadn't. I, I'd thought about it, um, but the the worry I had was if I start rubbing or something, I hadn't trained yeah. in this gear. And, and then I was like, oh, I should have wore it for the start just to get you, out. You of never the, got the, the memo. Jail. And, yeah, <laughs> you never it. got the memo. <laughs> I turned up and <laughs> <laughs> I was the only runner there. <laughs> but um, no, it it was it was really good. Um, what we done was so what what did they do when they started then? So they run everybody around the, the we jail. We actually went out to a courtyard and I was just for the trackers to register. And then once everybody had registered, we done our safety briefing. 
and our last minute talk through from Gary and Gillian and then we went up the steps and went into the jail itself and we were in Sea Wing to give us the countdown <laughs> and we were off and the funny thing is my nephew in South Africa was asking me Michael how are you going to get out of the jail and there we minds were working we actually had to escape so <laughs> my story is we because of the big numbers we overpowered the guards and smashed through the <laughs> the gate at the back of Sea Wing and we went out into the courtyard and once out into the courtyard we'd done a lap of the courtyard and everybody was complaining about it this isn't counting for the 24 hours like why are we running around this courtyard uh, um, out through the gates and then that was you you were on your own from there um, so how did the first 20 miles go then because normally in a longer race I always find that you know that, that 20 mile might get a bit fatigued for some reason but mm, I don't know yeah. why that is but 30 mile I found it I actually wrote this in the race report I was running really comfortably um, as I say when we started we run with a group and then we came to the first set of traffic lights I think it was Falls Road two went left a load of them went right and me and one other guy <laughs> went straight ahead and I'd looked at the maps before and I know Belfast quite well so I knew some of the back streets through housing estates cross road through the grounds of the Royal Hospital out onto the Broadway and across Balls in the Falls and this uh, interesting thing about that when you're coming to traffic lights you have to obey traffic lights and lights went red we're standing there waiting and I'm going, this is eating into my running time, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm standing at traffic lights. So the guy that was with me, he went left of the roundabout. I went straight across and I get stuck in the middle of it. And the lights for me, he ended up, he got onto Boucher Road and was away. And I was going, well, I'm not going to chase him down. This is too early. So eventually lights changed to green. I crossed over <laughs> onto Boucher Road, further up Boucher Road traffic lights he hit them so I caught him <laughs> caught him back again and then I crossed over onto the road and went further up the uh, onto the Lisburn road and he was flying at this stage and I was conscious of in my head I had to do 13 minute miles average to get somewhere near the 100 mile mark and I had that in the back of my head and I was running 8 8.30 or something I was going this is, this is too fast so I eased back need a lot of discipline like. and slowed it down and again that's another thing with me I used to just go out blast at the start because I was feeling good yeah. and it is when you're feeling so good at the start of the race it's the and tendency is I'm feeling good I'll, I'll be okay I'll just blast on but I knew there's no point I, I have a race plan I have to, had to ease back and so I just eased it right back let him go what and were you then, thinking when you seen people going different direction were you thinking you might have missed something there or were you thought no you were pretty no, happy with what you I was happy with what I choose um, I I love maps and I love studying maps and I love looking at maps so the route planning part of it was really I loved that and I was looking at elevation I was looking at you said goodbye things, to them you know, bye <laughs> you know going, yeah, <laughs> the, the crack was coming down the road it was like don't follow anybody they might not know where they're going you know so it's and people were having that joke coming down the road and the guy that was with me actually talked about running to uh, a different road which was when we when I came to a right turn he was supposed to go straight ahead and cross a footbridge but he, he I said you know there's some people there would just follow you head down not thinking and he 
he never opened his mouth and further along I says where are you heading for anyway and he says oh Roden Street and I thought Roden Street's back there and <laughs> I says are you sure I said yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going going to Boucher and I says well I'm going to Boucher Road as well but I think Roden Street's back that way and <laughs> we run on anyway and eventually get on to it so I don't know whether his route would have been better but I think he trusted me and we went on down uh, Lisburn Road and back out back out onto uh, no, it was still on the Lisburn Road. Further up the Lisburn Road, another couple started catching me. So, looking back on it now, there was so many routes out of Belfast, but they all merged onto the Lisburn Road. There's yeah. some actually run the whole way over to Lisburn. I had looked at it initially. It was up the falls and across the Glen Road, but there was a lot of elevation, and I thought there's no point for the sake of an extra mile mm-hmm. there's no point going up there there's too many hills start of the race so i just stuck to the lower and went down the lisburn road um because that is the difference in the, this type of race is because with ultras you can sort of i don't want to say bluff it but a lot mm-hmm. of us ultra runners bluff it like we just turn up we know what you're capable of doing mm-hmm. um you don't have to put much thinking into it well, that's it. But that's why a, I love them. This is a, yeah, you, don't, you just turn up, <laughs> I just turn and, up you just and, and run. Stay within yourself you and know, keep going until it's over. I, w- I was planning for it and the night before and I was looking at the kit bag and I was looking at the amount of stuff I was getting and I was going, have I remembered this and have I remembered that? And then I thought to myself, I just have to run. What am I worrying yeah, but about? The, you know? But you the work done. So this race is quite strategic though because you want to try and get as far as crow flies. So you, want as, you want a straight line as possible where there's least elevation and you have to make those decisions. Maybe it's, you might deviate a couple yeah. of miles because you're missing all those hills. That's exactly it. So it's very strategic in what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, at what stage, because it was a miserable day, mm-hmm. absolutely pouring down out the heavens and I couldn't feel but feel for you guys <laughs> out there because it was really torrential rain come down. At what, at what stage did the rain start coming? Rain was, uh, I think it was sometime after five o'clock. Like, I was running I was running up to about the 30 mile mark pretty comfortably as I say I slowed it down at the start got to around there and then I started feeling pains in my legs pains in my hips the sweat was coming on I was thinking God if I'm feeling like this now what am I going to be feeling like at the end and it's not that I was ever thinking about pulling out or anything but I was just thinking God if this is what I'm feeling like now that you know it's quite this hard. This happen. Yeah, you know, the ground's quite hard, isn't it? You're I getting think a lot what happened body, was like. when we we made it to Lurgan, and the route I had planned took me round a busier road. And the night before, I was chatting to a guy from that area, Christian Mullen, and he said to me, possibly running through uh, down the wee cycle lanes. When I told him it's the straightest possible route I wanted. He said, no, 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 maybe they'll take you off the road, but it's not the straightest. So I looked again at the map and I thought, well, there's a road. It was like a back road through Lurgan. And I thought, that's the one I'm going to take. When I turned off it and run along it, my support crew were further up the road and they were sitting on a different road. And there was a couple of cars had come out to see me. Johnny McCord and uh, Christian Mullen and Hannah Mullen. Um, they'd come out to see me and they were on the other road so I'd went that way next thing a convoy of them came flying past me pulled into a lay-by up the road and then they were all high-fiving it was just for me for somebody to come out of their house just to see me running mm. past was a really amazing feeling I probably got a bit 
um, excited by it. We're all high fives. I run on and I didn't even stop. You know, I just kept on going past <laughs> them. But they all give me high fives and I thank them for coming out and I run on. I think that's probably what... It doesn't take much to lift you, like, does you it? You know, that was that was a big lift, but it probably sped me up without me yeah, knowing it. Okay. And then I got that feeling of being tired and slow. So anyway, later on into it, I got through, poured it down and we're heading, heading for Armagh. And the guys have come up and they says, listen, you're going to need your raincoat and rain gear on. I, I was carrying it and I thought, right, do I want to put it on now? I'm comfortable. And I, I think uh, I run another few miles. I could feel the spits and I put the raincoat on. And then the spits turned into heavy, heavy rain and it was lashing down. I had a hat on, I had the hood up, just coming sideways at me. Um, this is quite early on then, what's that, like 40 miles? Yeah, mm-hmm. in and around that. Um, I had been eating omelette and bits of bacon from the start. That's all I was eating. It was kind of that and water and tailwind. And I was getting sick of bacon. Like, I just didn't want bacon anymore. And I was going, this is doing me no good and I don't want it. And that's the thing. All the planning in the world, once you get into a race... Yeah. Your taste buds change, and the crew knew that anyway. They were expecting it, but I was going, "Listen, this is this is horrible, and I can't chew any more bacon." And well, what do you want? I don't know what I want. <laughs> you know, <laughs> give me a tailwind. That seems to be going down well, and at least I'm getting the calories in. So, I kept running, and well, I was getting a bit low. And then I remember Ivan walked up to me with something behind his hand, and I was thinking, "What's he got?" And he revealed this giant strawberry. <laughs> and the strawberry was like, oh my God, I took a bite out of the strawberry. And it was just at the right time. You know when you get something and it's just, <laughs> that was, oh, it really picked me up. And got to, got to Armagh. And How did that feel knocking out those towns? Or, you know, Lurgan, Portadown, Armagh. That must have felt good every time you got to another location. It was, was because I was kind of looking, you know, once I get to the other side of Armagh, that's the 40 miles. After that, it's all new distance for me. And I was yeah, saying, this okay. is, you know, this is incredible. At the start, I wasn't really thinking much about it. But once I got to Armagh, I knew, right, this is in the new territory for me. So that was like a milestone. So um, every mile was a PB. Every mile was a PB on distance-wise, yeah. Um, pushing on, I was getting slightly tired. I hadn't been eating in a while. And I'd said to the guys if they can get me mashed potatoes. And they went up the road, got mashed potatoes, had them heated up, ready for me at a bus shelter. And wouldn't let me into the van. They said, you're not getting into the van. So it was still pissing rain. I had my deck chair out, sat in it, <laughs> um, eating these potatoes and ketchup. Got that into me. And my plan was to run all the time. I wasn't planning on stopping. Even while eating, I was going to take it in my hand. I even said to me, listen, sit down for five minutes and eat the eat the food. So I ate the food, um, drank a plain water, and I got up after that, and I was like a new man. Yeah. And even though the rain was coming mm. down, it was lashing down. I was going, I'm feeling 100% here. Shortly shortly after that, I seen a van what passing. What distance that? That must have been 45, 45 okay. mile, I think, and then around that. Shortly after that, I seen a van passing. And I thought, you know, somebody's going to stop. I'm wearing high-vis vest. I've got a 
torch, a uh, head torch on, they're going to stop and say, like, you know, are you okay? <laughs> and I seen this van slowing, and I knew, and next thing it turned into the right, and I thought, right, this guy obviously thinks I'm lost or out of my mind or something. But when the guy got out of the van, I looked up ahead, and it was a mate of mine, Barry Sullivan, and he was like, he couldn't believe it. So I spotted uh, Barry had pulled in in the van, and uh, he came out and he was just blown away. He couldn't believe that I'd been running from Belfast. He knew he was doing it and he was following in the tracker. But again, to see somebody while I was out in the road, it was totally unexpected. Like if mm. I had a, arranged it beforehand, I would have known he was there. But You've been he waiting just turned for it, off. Yeah, that's it. it. And then if he hadn't have been there, like it would have been a big, <laughs> big downer. But um, he, he, uh, he run along with me for oh, a few steps and uh, was just chatting out everything okay do you need water or anything I was going no I'm 100% he's going I can't believe you're in such a good form like you know you realise what you've run and I was going yeah but there's a long way to go I said this is only I think 5 or 6 o'clock in the evening at this stage you know and he was saying well listen I've to go back to the van and I was saying listen be careful on that road because it's brutal I had a high-vis jacket and lights and looked like a Christmas tree but he was he was running back to his own van and I went on and that was, you know, I went down the road with a smile on my face and I was thinking, you know, that was that was really nice of him to come out and it picked me up and then I got back into the rhythm and it was just autopilot mode. You've a long time to think because you're on your own, you're running mm -hmm. that distance like... Um, I don't listen to music either. Yeah, so your mind just takes over there nicely. Mm -hmm. So it's good to be, it's important to be in a good mood. Yeah. Isn't it? That's so when it. people like that come come across and lift you. Yeah. Really I remember really a marathon runner telling me, uh, if you smile, your body will smile back at you. Mm. And I try and do that when I'm out running. You know, I told you before about running and saying, oh, I hate running, I hate running. Well, if you're negative about something, the negativity is going to come into your running mm. as well. So being positive, smiling, I found it really helping me, you know, as I was running. So running down the road hammer and rain coming wind and rain sideways at me and me with a big smile on my face i'm sure it, <laughs> it would have looked strange do you like the adversity when you're out i do like you know it's yeah. as this, people were saying to me it was bad and i said but it was wet anyway you know it was i was comfortable um rain's rain rain's rain and you know it was running off me and i hadn't put the rain bottoms on at this stage so it was running down the rain jacket off onto my shorts and down so my legs and dry were you staying dry? The jackets are very hard. Not really. It was running really? down my neck. I thought it was because it was running, it was warm and it was comfortable. But when, the when we eventually also. stopped, the whole inside of me was soaked, like inside the jacket. Um, Ivan had said a couple of times, do you want to change clothes? And I was saying, well, what's the point? I'm comfortable, I'm warm, I may as well just keep going at this. And it wasn't until... It wasn't a clonus. Clonus. Until I changed, you know, the last time I was in Clonus was watching a dairy match, and I remember going on the bus thinking that was a long way, and I was going, Fuck it, I've been, I've been running to Clonus this time, so, um, yeah, I was, I was comfortable, so I didn't want to change clothes, and I didn't want to, you know, even though my feet were soaked, we, coming up to Monaghan, the back roads was the worst. I've never seen anything like it. It's quite lucky. I looked at the the route plan on Google Maps, and a lot of it was either on hard shoulder or footpaths. And then this one turned off on the back roads. And Ivan was saying to me, "Do you want to go? It's slightly longer longer around the the main road, but 
I was going, no, this direct route, I'm off the road. What was annoying me more was the sound of the cars and the lorries passing, mm-hmm. going through puddles, this constant whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Actually, the, the roads were flooded at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. I turned off onto these back roads and it got quieter. But in the back of my mind, I was still hearing this and I kept looking over my shoulder to see where these cars coming. But it was just in my head from running for so long with the, the of cars going past. Too, safety and things like and that as well. Yeah. But we got onto the side roads and came around this corner and I was like, how do I get through this? It was just complete. It would look like a river in the middle of the road. You know, I thought it was a Ford. And I got up to the, I got up to it and I thought, well, I'm soaked anyway ploughed on through I actually sort of tried to tiptoe through to try go as quick as I could to try and get through it without getting too much water on but it was absolutely soaked up to my ankles we get through the first one on up the road round the corner another one and that was even deeper and I thought this can't get too much worse like you know and at that stage I was warming up again and I was going you know I don't care about this I'll run through it doesn't matter me doesn't matter to me came round a corner and the van was parked and there was a tractor and a jeep coming through this water and I looked and I thought that looks like knee deep water and I thought jeez <laughs> I thought what have they stopped for are they going to tell me you're going to have to go around this but they had stopped and got the, the video camera out the GoPro and <laughs> they were taking There's photographs no they were going we see this one this is the deepest one so we stopped to, to video you running through it so the guys in the tractor and the the jeep just sort of looked at me as I ploughed through this water and thankfully when he went through it sort of took some of the water away but I ploughed on through and never looked back just kept going and it was uh, the water was just squelching out the top of my shoes and I was looking down at no point did it did it really bother me you know it mm. was just it was just one of them things you know you weren't going to turn I wasn't going to put on extra miles on a road I didn't know a road I didn't plan for just for the sake of a puddle, you know. Yes, it was yeah. a deep puddle and it went on for a while, but so you were still pretty focused listening to you there. You know, you were still trying to hit like the hundred miles was your main goal, wasn't it? It at was. That stage. So you knew you had to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. So you were staying focused right the way throughout that whole event. Yeah, yeah. The only there was one. The one low part was that bit um, in Lurgan just after or Portadown down. It was, and then after that, it wasn't. I was pretty comfortable. Um, the pace had dropped slightly, but I kind of done that intentionally because mm. I knew I was running well under the thirteen-minute mile pace, and I was you thinking. Haven't seen anybody in ages, like. No, um, the last person I seen was the guy that I met in Belfast. He went off into the distance, and I thought <laughs> I'll never see him again. And then another one passed me, and further up the road, he had stopped to eat something, so I had passed him again. Then in Moira. I came into Moira and the guy, I think his name was Haven, he had stopped at the garage. He was getting something to eat there and then he came out again and I had passed and my support crew, Ivan Park, he had said to me, listen, you can run together and I said, this guy's far too quick for me. I'm not running at his pace and sure as he can pass me and off into the distance and I thought, well, you can go on. I'm happy enough at this pace and Another funny thing happened when, as I was coming in to, or sorry, out of Moira, a car pulls in and was an old woman, elderly lady, hand out the window waving. She says, "Everything all right?" She says, "Are you doing it for charity or what are you doing it for?" And I says, 
I am doing it for charity. It's a run from the crumb, and I thought I'm going to run past here. I'm not going to have enough time to describe what it was. So I says, "Yes, it's a charity run." Um, says, "Oh, you're doing fantastic! I seen you in Lisburn. I knew it must have been for charity. Well done. <laughs> keep going. Keep going." So again, we things like that that really lifted me as well. But um, I hadn't seen anybody to. I think it was somewhere near Armagh. Um, it was Sean Nickel actually had stopped under a tree and I think he was changing into the rain gear and I shouted over but there was cars and lorries coming past and he he seemed to be okay he seemed to be getting his rain gear on and stuff I seen him taking a coat out and I just turned around and run on and the whole time I was sort of expecting to see Sean coming up on my shoulder again and after a while I'd sort of forgot about him I was running my own race and uh, that was the last time yeah, that was the last person I had seen that was in the race was Sean. And I was way out through Yarmouth and out the other end and yeah, so the rain coming down the m- Moving into dark then, because the rain kept pretty persistent. Didn't mm-hmm. It actually it got, never stopped. It got really... Never bu- I remember... I even kept telling me, no, we've looked at the rain charge, it's going to stop. And I'm going, this is getting worse. And it's coming sideways at me. And there was parts of the roads where the water was coming running, you know, like brown, brown water coming running off mm. fields and just down the road you were running squelching through like a river of water more or less um darkness was coming in and i was just at that stage it was still going well there was no no niggles no pains um everything everything felt good i was i was getting cold but i was telling myself no i'm okay i'm okay um further up the road i started getting a pain in my back and it was, you know, that cold, fr- yeah. the, that cold pain. It wasn't really muscle pain. Well, it probably was muscle, but it was just the dampness was sort of getting into the back. Legs were okay. Head was okay. I just thought, right, we're coming into darkness. And it was sort of any any street lights we came to, it was just knocking the torch off, running without it, and then knocking it back on again. We get onto sort of narrower roads and... Ivan was saying, oh, you'll get a bit of peace now. These are really narrow roads. And next thing, there was a car coming. And then there was another car coming. And that's a thing I found through the night. It kind of it focused you because you were you were constantly looking out for the cars. Yes, you were lit up. You had um, your high-vis on. But you were keeping an eye on them just in case. And there was actually times where I was stepping off the road because what I found... It wasn't the, it wasn't the, the one single car. They mostly seen you. It was when a row of cars were coming in a convoy. The first car pulled out. The second car didn't yeah. see you, and they were they were travelling like bumper to bumper. And yeah, so going into the middle of the night, then you know, mm-hmm. you crept in the middle of the night, still pouring down. Like your spirits have sounded like they've been pretty high all the way through that. Once you got past that thirty miles or marker, moved into darkness, like. What was it like around one or two o'clock in the morning with that rain coming down, you're starting to get cold, your back's starting to hurt a bit? Like you were sounding pretty, your mind was sort of holding it together pretty well. Yeah, I um, I'd heard about people getting really, really down early on and, and <clears> struggling and getting highs and lows and highs and lows. And in my head, I was waiting for this real deep low to come but it wasn't coming. Um, I just, for every mile I was doing, I was saying to myself, every step I take, I want to 
take the best step I can. So I was keeping the pace down. Um, legs were feeling good. And this low wasn't coming. And I was going, you know, if I can keep this going, we're mm. sweet here. Um, Just being mindful not to put in too much effort. Yeah. Just keep it. It was still a long way to go at that stage. You know, even though that was the longest I had run. But we were still... Like to get to the hundred, I think it was only around fifty or sixty miles at, yeah. at Monaco. Because the race started at nine o'clock, was it? Half nine. Half nine in the morning. Mm-hmm. So, so Ivan came flying up on the bike. They had the bike in the uh, in the support crew, and he came up on the bike with me. And I says, "Did you forget me, Tuna?" And he says, "You asked for Tuna, didn't you?" And I says, "Yeah, I did." Thinking he'd asked, he said, "Do you think I would forget your Tuna?" And he reached into his pocket and I thought, I was expecting this can of tuna to come with a fork in it. <laughs> he had it in a Ziploc bag. So sandwich bag out and I was taking spoonfuls of tuna and oh, tuna's too dry. Like, and you're trying to breathe and you're trying to run at the same time. And there there I am trying to eat this tuna. I said, no, this isn't happening with the tuna. So the tuna went back into the pocket and we went for the mashed potato with the red sauce and that was it was so easy to eat it went down really well it was warm it warmed me up and we'd run on for a long time and he says is there anything else you want to eat and he was conscious of me being on the keto diet but i was going listen this is this is a 24-hour run i'm eating anything and everything if it's going to help me i'm not worrying about keto diet this was this was a different kettle of fish in, you know in yeah. and down, it's calories so long as it's stand down um the tailwind was great. I was sort of drinking 500 ml of it every every hour or so, and then I would take a bottle of plain water oh, yeah. the next hour, and then a was it caffeine? Any caffeine in that? Or no caffeine? Normal? No, just normal one. There's no caffeine in it. Um, Is it natural flavor or berry? Okay. I like the berry one, and I have a natural, but the berry was. So it's not overpowering. It's not too mm. sweet. You know, I had taken a other things high fives and things like that that were very very sweet and made me feel really really sick and these were good in the stomach i was able to keep running on them i was sipping them as opposed to just drinking all in one go type of thing as well so i think that helped but ivan had asked you know if there is anything else what could you get and i says well soups i'd say i would drink or eat soup um or possibly pizza and he says well I was going to ask you about pizza and I says yeah if you can get pizza get me a pizza so he headed off with the intention of getting pizzas and pizzas were in my head pizza I'm getting pizza I'm getting pizza <laughs> I'm getting pizza I was running down the road to Monaghan and I was thinking that's I was really looking forward to Monaghan for pizza and uh, I didn't know how it would have went down but when you have that sort of thought in your head pizza pizza you know it'll help I think that's what sort of took me through it. Um, as I said earlier, when I when I was younger, I would have, if my head wasn't in something, I would have just pulled out straight away. And mm. I was late into the night, and there was no stage I was thinking about pulling out or stopping. Legs were good. I was comfortable. Slightly cold and a wee bit tired, but I was comfortable. Um, so when the food thing was in my head. As soon as I reach Monaghan, I'm getting pizza. And I remember running in past a hotel. And the hotel was in full swing and people out the front. And there I am coming running and full rain jacket and hood up. Rain hitting me sideways. 
coming into Monaghan, stopped at the, the sign just before the town, and there they were. Doors open, box of pizzas, they had pepperoni, they had margarita, oh, they had pineapple, <laughs> and I said, well, you can keep your pineapple, I'm not eating pineapple pizza, <laughs> but give me that pepperoni. So I was actually still jogging on the spot while I was eating my first slice of pizza. Brilliant. And... Jimmy Morris's sons, Callum Morris and uh, Aaron Morris, they came along as well. They were fantastic. They were running alongside me, giving me water bottles as I run, make sure I would keep going. Like the first time I stopped was eight eight hours into it when I had the potatoes. That I never stopped until it, do, it does sound eight like hours. your crew was instrumental the whole way along this. Yeah, the reason I picked Ivan and Callum, or sorry, Jimmy was Ivan done support crew for me for the coast to coast. He's an event organizer himself and he's only home from Fiji, the Eco Challenge where he right, crewed the Team Ireland. <laughs> you couldn't go so better than that. Like. Ivan knows his stuff. Um, he knows me well and he knows how to keep me going. And that was the main reason. As soon as I asked him, he didn't hesitate. He just says, yep, this is the only thing that'll stop me is if I pick anything up on Fiji. That was his only worry. I'd asked Jamie. Jamie has done support crew for cyclists around the 555 in Donegal, okay, things yeah. like that. Um, Can you imagine going out, though? So you know the race that you had. Can you imagine mm -hmm. going out there and trying to do that with no support crew? No support crew. That would be brittle. Like, you know, Because yeah. <laughs> at, at those, 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 those stumbling blocks yeah. that you get, like, it would have been very difficult to go past and recover from those. Well, as I was saying, I was comfortable the whole way through. Like mm. The parts where shops are open. You know, and yeah. you can run into a shop and get something to eat and come back out again and, and keep moving. Um, I... They, they had done everything for me. At the start, I had said to them, listen, this is the plan, but it doesn't matter how much you plan, things will go out the window. I says, so, and I even knew that anyway. He says, don't worry. He says, anything you need, let us know. Should we have to drive up the town to the, or to the next town and get it? No problem. So that's pretty much what we were doing the whole race. They were just leapfrogging, pulling in and waiting. Then I was catching them up. Um, That was... That was my plan from the start. That was the only plan that sort of worked was having them there. They knew what to do. Mm. Anything happened. I had spare clothes. I had actually brought a coat that I never thought I would have been wearing. It was a big heavy Gore-Tex um, jacket, the North Face jacket. And it's not a running jacket. It's a heavy, heavy weight, probably for mm. out in the mountains. And I didn't think I'd have been wearing it. We stopped... Um, where did I stop? I think it was probably before before Monaghan and Ivan had said you're getting a change of clothes and I changed into a heavier jumper a dry t-shirt heavier jumper the big raincoat I got the high-vis vest back on and I got a pair of uh, waterproof bottoms on didn't change my shorts or my socks and Ivan kept saying listen are you sure you don't want it I says listen I'm comfortable in these socks there's no creases in them I was conscious of maybe putting on a dry pair and mm. then creasing them would have got wet the minute you put <clears> your feet into the socks or the shoes anyway so uh, they had that I had the new gear on and it sort of really picked me up 
and then I had the thought of the pizza got the first couple of slices of pizza and I was conscious as well I didn't want to eat a full pizza and then take off running because it would have wrecked my stomach so I bagged up um, the rest of it in the sandwich bag stuck it in the pocket and headed on I went down through I remember looking at Google Maps and saying I was sort of getting a mental image of different towns I had to go through whether I had to go through the centre of them and there was certain towns where I was going the straight line through it so it was through the centre the likes of Lisburn and things like that for some reason I thought Monaghan was the town that I went right up into the centre but I was taking a left turn and I seen the sign for Clonus and I thought I I was sure I was going into the centre of Monaghan but it turned out it was the centre of Clonus I was going for. It wasn't the centre of Monaghan and turning off towards Clonus. So Start second-guessing yourself. Yeah, I stopped and looked um, at the wee map I had and it was, no, that was definitely the right road. What so type of map did you took, have? Did you have like a gammon or did you have a map? I had a road map and <clears throat> had a couple of pages out of it and then I had my phone with, is it View Ranger? Hmm. View Ranger and the OS maps on it and I had them as backup. Um, I had actually given Ivan a copy of the GPS that I had plotted and that was the one that they were kind of following and then they had the backup of they were able to look at the tracker and see where I was in case I did go off it Um, so got onto the Clonus Road and that was I'd say the most dangerous road I was on I probably shouldn't have been on it if it had been later and I was tired it mm. probably would have been worse now it was still still early enough but there was a lot of traffic on it there was a few times I had to get into a hole in the hedge like and then the the ground was falling away behind it so I was going if I fall in there I'm never getting back out of that hole but there was lorries passing and they did they were coming around corners so that they wouldn't have seen you I was standing and stopping lorry would go past I was taking my ear out of the rain jacket hood to hear is that another lorry coming or is that one going into the distance no I think that's another one stayed in the hole in the hedge next thing another lorry come past and the whole hedge shook and out I went back onto the road and kept running and the whole time I was conscious I was and then at one point I remember I was running with the the hood stuck in the back of my ear so that I could hear if anything was coming Um, That, that is a key thing though Headphones have to be a no-no in that yeah, type definitely. of condition, like because you're putting your life at risk. Definitely, if you're right. not listening out for the traffic coming, so you can manage. Yeah, the situation. I I never run with headphones in anyway, but for that, as you mm. say, I was listening the whole time and I was conscious of it. And I think that's another thing that got me through the night. That first part of the night, I was I should have been tired at the start, but I was concentrating so much mm. in cars. And as I say, there was there was times when. Uh, block of three four cars were coming the first car would pull out the second one didn't see you it'd swing at the last minute the third one didn't see you they were all wondering what they're swerving for and eventually they see this thing lit up and the so anytime i seen a convoy of cars i was just getting off the stopping and getting off the road clothes and lighting like that's all critical definitely isn't it really not having headphones in a race like this like the mandatory kit list was lights um, spare batteries for your lights, high vis vest. You couldn't, you couldn't get away without mm. it. You couldn't if it was just. It was nothing to do with the conditions and the rain, but just being out at night. You know, you have to have your senses about you, and that was, as I say, that really. 
concentrating on running and watching out for cars I think got me through so many miles I wasn't yeah. thinking about the miles I wasn't thinking about the clock I was just thinking about my safety and running and staying safe um, mile after mile was going past I was getting closer to Clonus and I think Ivan had passed one stage and he said do you need anything and I says I'm thinking about maybe these socks what do you reckon and he says we'll stop on Clonus and we'll get everything ready and you can decide when you get up there so the first niggle I got was in McCav, the side of McCav, and I was wearing compression socks up to just below my knees and I was conscious of taking them off and I was thinking if I take them off am I going to have issues with my, with my calves and we got down into Clonus, they were sitting, towels out, seat outside, the rain had stopped at this stage and I thought I'm going to ditch the uh, ditched these wet socks Ivan had the talcum powder out dried the shit dried my feet talcum powder on foot massage and he was going I can't believe how good of uh, neck yeah. your your feet are in for this these conditions and I says well that's why I didn't want to take these socks off because I knew the feeling there was no there was no creases there was no burning sensation I knew I wasn't getting blisters anywhere and I says it was comfortable and I said yeah, I want dry socks now, but I'm just hoping that it, I don't get a blister. But um, we got them changed. Uh, I was back in the road again. I, that was another thing. I never, I didn't plan to stop, but at this stage, there was a few stops I had to make, but I was still conscious of keeping it to a minimum. Hmm. Get in, get out, get away. you lose a lot of time. Exactly. And you can get yeah. comfortable as well. That was it. And that was the thing he was saying, you're not getting into the van you're not getting comfortable yeah. in the van and that, I had no intention of getting into the van I didn't want to get in because as I say in Monaghan when I was eating the pizza I was still jogging on the spot you know I was going I'm feeling great here and I, was, I kept Cree, always waiting for you must have thought you were a bit loopy like <laughs> I'm sure they did I, I, I did honestly kept waiting for the the real bunk but it, yeah. it, it wasn't coming and that sort of that, that's did you find you were getting momentum in your confidence then because you kept going you know you hit mm-hmm. 40 miles 50 miles you're like you're waiting for that bonk it's not coming and actually you're feeling pretty good yeah. throughout that so I was, I was confidence still, is building all the time I was still sort of keeping it slow as such I, I didn't want to push on and even though I felt good and I was going you know I still had 24 hours in the back of my mm-hmm. mind I'm, there's no point pushing on even I'm feeling good and then maybe not finishing this so that was that was my thoughts why I didn't speed up even though I was feeling good but um, we get down the road, other side of Clonus. Another thing, my sister had said to me, a friend of hers had run a race in South Africa, hadn't went to the toilet and ended up collapsing because he hadn't peed for so many hours. And she was going, make sure and pee, make sure and pee, make sure and pee. So I had a couple of pee stops in the road, and I remember coming out of Clonus thinking, you need a pee, you need a pee, right? Run into the hedge, took a pee, and I went away on. I went and. I, I was feeling feeling brilliant after the relief <laughs> you know because I didn't feel like I had to yeah. running up to it but then that was in my head right I need a pee so had my pee and run on um, Clonus we were getting into we are getting late on at this stage and I I didn't know where I was at in the road in terms of other competitors 
and as I say I was never running it for for position I was running it to complete the 24 hours and my ultimate goal was over 100 miles um, shortly after that the first real sense of tiredness came in my eyes were burning and I'd slowed quite a bit and I was running along thinking what I need what I need and the next time I seen the crew I says can you get me a coffee so they made up the coffee in a thermos flask handed it out the window so I run along sipping this coffee temperature another thing with the crew temperature was spot on it wasn't too hot it wasn't too cold <laughs> I wouldn't have minded if it was colder but you know the way sometimes you get a really hot mm. coffee in your but um, got the coffee drunk it again it sort of perked me up and I was thinking oh this is great keep going again so I actually speeded up and I remember I even had I even had jumped out of the van and he was coming alongside me to give me I think it was bacon and an Austrian cheese you know the Austrian smoked cheese sausage I was eating them as I was running along <laughs> eating this sausage so he was handing me that, that asking me how I was and he ran alongside me and we went up this hill and he was going we got up over the top of it and he was going I was waiting for you to you know slow to a walk there he says what are you at and I was going I'm feeling great here and what handed him back the coffee cup that must have been sometime around three o'clock in the morning yeah around three o'clock in the morning I think and it was shortly after that I took the first real real wobble like I was absolutely knackered I was running along shuffling along I should say running a bit walk, power walking a bit that was another thing I thought if if I'm going to walk at any stage it has to be a power walk it can't be a dander it has mm -hmm. to be a power walk so I got along and I remember coming up another hill and my legs were shuffling I was falling asleep and I was shaking my head you know sometimes your your eyes dance in your head I was getting this feeling the burning <laughs> sensation in me in my eyes and I remember seeing Jamie coming towards me and I said coffee and next thing I just seen his heels and he went running towards the van that's that's all could come out coffee and I knew myself I wasn't I wasn't bothered at this stage so kept on going got to the top of the hill where the van was sitting and he gave me a coffee out the window and or came around the side the first one I think was out the window yeah he handed me the coffee and I kept on what I thought was power walking but it wasn't going too fast drank the coffee and they were saying how are you feeling and I was going I am knackered like really really tired this is the first feeling of tired I've been and they were going well do you want to sit down for a while and I said no I'm keeping going and they were saying are you sure and I was going no I'm keeping going I'm keeping going so drunk the coffee he says what do you need I said give me another tailwind at this stage I was taking two bottles at a time two 500 mils at a time and I thought to myself I'm carrying this weight for nothing I'm only sipping these over an hour mm. so I says cut mm. them down to half bottle so I took the half bottle and run on and I think I drunk the whole half bottle in one go of tailwind still running down the road shaking my head they were in the distance um, down into this narrow road and I remember hearing a dog barking 
and you come to country lanes and normally dogs will bark at you and you run on but this one came down I remember looking and it was it's like a Rottweiler this thing came bounding down the lane and I was going right stop stop any time now and I was going shoo 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 <laughs> here this dog coming bounding down and that's what woke me up it was I was going this thing's going to eat me next thing it turned and run away but then made a big loop and came back round and I was looking over my shoulder where did it go where did it go and it came in behind me somewhere and I in my head I was waiting for the crunch of it biting my arse and that's I was waiting for this bite next thing I looked and it run off barking up the lane again and I was wide awake totally alert wide awake I was going oh Jesus Christ next thing I realised I'm running again you know yeah. I was shuffling down the road and the then survival modes kicked in I was it I was running bombing down feeling pretty good and uh, saying to myself right I'll get into this rhythm and I'll just keep going at this sort of pace I'm running I'm feeling good got down the road um, I can't remember the name of the town we came into I I had a certain road on the map and Ivan says we looked at it and it, you're straight into a big hill and he says now this road is I think it was half a mile longer but you're on the main road mm. you want to go that way and I says if you think that's the way to go I'll go what what I need to do and he said T-junction take a right stay on that road to the next road on your left take a left when you come down on it, you're back onto the, the road you were on before. I run it, came down to the bottom of the road, and we seen a sign for flooded road. And I thought, fuck, what have I not come through already? Like, you know, I'm not worrying about it. So I run on, and it turned out it wasn't too bad. Um, slight, slight bit of flooding, but further up the road... I think it was around Monaghan. I had noticed a camper van had passed me a couple of times. And I thought, I'm sure I seen that at the start. And as I was running, I had said to Ivan earlier about it, and he sort of dismissed it. He, and then because I was concentrating and running, I never asked any more. But the more and more I kept seeing this camper van, I was going, that's definitely somebody in this race. And they would pass us. Ivan and them would be pulled in. I would stop get a coffee or something to eat and run on then this camper van would pass again I would run on pass it as it was stopped and I was going that's definite so I said to Ivan then I said that's somebody in the race and he says <sighs> I took a big deep breath <laughs> I thought oh what's going on here and I run on n never thinking any more of it and we came into a town called or no this was before the town he said to me there's a road up here on your right. We want you to go down. Jamie thinks down the main road's better. And uh, I had planned to go down this main road. We get up to closer to it and he says, your way is actually half a mile faster. He says, now, do you want the good news or the bad news? And I says, what's that? And he says, the good news is you're currently leading. And I says, fuck off. <laughs> I says, there's no way I'm leading this. And he says, you're currently leading it. And I says, no, somebody else will be fucking on the road to Dublin or something. He's going, listen, you're currently leading this. He says, but there's a guy who's been catching you and then you're getting away from him. And he's catching you and you're getting away from him. Pressure's but this on. time, <laughs> he's caught up and caught up further again. And he says, he seems to be going at a better pace than you while he's running. 
but then he's stopping for longer so he's probably getting ready for a big finish I was going what the fuck did you tell me this for like at this time of night and he was going well <laughs> he even said it he says I was in two minds whether to tell you but because we're so late into this race this could be your chance to win it and we didn't want you to end up coming second and then saying you know why didn't you tell me I could have done something about it in the race he says so he says it's up to you either you're in a race or just finish it and I says even I'm in survival mode here I says I'm just wanting to get to the finish and he says well we're thinking if you keep on the road that you were meant to go on instead of taking the main road that's half a mile shorter if you get onto it and he takes the main road you've half a mile on him and I says right so I was going up the road next thing his support crew passed and then I turned off the road I was supposed to turn off on and I was running down it for a while next thing the camper van passed me again <laughs> so they had obviously seen me in the tracker and turned back and told him to come this way well this is what I was thinking and this was yeah. in my head and I was thinking if you're th- coming along my road to try and catch me that was that was like a red flag to the bull and normally in a race if I was last lap into it and then nothing left I would just go ah, well I'll let him pass me or whatever it doesn't mm. matter but I had come second in the six hour challenge I come second in the 50k a few weeks before and I thought at this late stage there's no way I'm fucking coming second and I picked up the pace without going too fast and got into a wee town called Belturbet and I was saying to the guys I'm staggering here like I am tired but I've run that last was it 5k or 10k I think it was 5k I says I run that last 5k and I haven't stopped like or I haven't slowed to a walk I've run the whole thing and past their camper van of course I speeded up when I went past the camper van (laughs) (laughs) up to the up to the next town pulled in they had soup ready for me chicken noodle soup or something like that in a cup and he says do you want to sit down and I says no I sat leaned up against a wee stone wall started drinking and he says I've more for you and I says tip it in tipped it into the cup beat it in me I says have you any painkillers my ankle's getting really really sore here took the painkillers and headed off through Belturbet I think it's Belturbet anyway went through the town and it was straight up a fucking hill to the centre of town and turned right and down the other side and I picked up the pace and I remember running for I think for me it felt like an eternity like I was running and I was running and I was running and I hadn't slowed and I was going you know I'm I I felt like I was in cloud nine I don't know whether it was the fucking ibuprofen or what it was but I felt like I was in a cloud everything felt good I was smiling into myself my legs were going well I was warm from the soup and uh, I was playing along nicely and the next time I seen Ivan and them ones up the road he said the guy's still in Belturbet he, he said uh, this was this was another road where they had asked me to turn off and go along the main road so we had come up to it the road I was supposed to go on I think I actually said that prior to this it's coming back That's now right. but we uh, I took the main road anyway came around 
met up with them, they said, that guy's stopped and he's still in that town. And I thought to myself, well, I haven't stopped running since that town and that's a good lead. So I'm going to keep going here. And I ploughed on from there. Um, what was the next bit? I took another low point. I got the pain in the ankle. I don't know what had happened. I didn't roll it or anything, but I got this really, really sharp pain in the front of the foot. And when I run a certain way on it, there was no pain. And when I run another way, there was this pain. So I was trying to run with my foot pointing in a certain direction to take the pain off. But I got tired again, really, really tired um, to the point where I was I was looking at messages trying to perk myself up on Facebook and WhatsApp. Just anything to give me mm-hmm. a bit of motivation, a bit of confidence. <clears throat> My sister had actually, she had started doing posts on Facebook and asking Ivan to send photographs. So they were taking photographs, sending them to her and I couldn't believe it. There was like hundreds of uh, alerts on Facebook and hundreds of alerts on WhatsApp and how's it going and blah, blah, blah. And, uh I was looking at these, trying to perk myself up, and then the next thing I looked up and I was in the middle of the road. And I was going, fuck this, turn this phone off. <laughs> phone off, into the pocket. Like, and At this stage, it was late on in the night, but you, you were still getting this odd car coming along, you know, so you still had to have your wits about you. And there was times I was going from one side of the road to the other side of the road, and then I was going, I'm getting really, really tired here. But the pain in my ankle sort of woke me up. And it kept mm. me going and I was going, you know what, I'm going to use this to my advantage. So I started getting faster and the pain was, it was sore, but it was keeping me awake. And I thought, well, I got to use what I got to use. And that was, you know, it's strange to say it now, but normally pain is like a warning sign. Stop, you're doing something wrong here. But I was trying to use everything I could to keep going. It's embracing it. And yeah, embrace the pain and it. It really kept me going. Because mm. it's a long, it can be a long mundane sort of course, especially running these here. So mm-hmm. you've got like the traffic, you've got your pain, you've got the suit, you've got the people going past. Anything that's different than just you and the course is always mm-hmm. helping, isn't it? Oh, definitely. You know, I was getting pick-me-ups when I didn't really need pick-me-ups, you know. Mm-hmm. And actually, prior in the day, I had phoned home just to hear my son and my fiance and I wanted to just hear their voices and at that stage it wasn't it wasn't really needed if you know what I mean but it was great to hear them you know and I'd spoke to my sister on uh, whatsapp and things like that but through that's why I took the phone out later on I was looking at messages and it was just to see the buzz and facebook about so many people watching and people that I didn't even expect to be watching things like Mm -hmm. this and my nieces and nephew down in Bryansford they were sitting up to they were saying it was like Christmas they were watching the tracker and they couldn't couldn't wait to get up in the morning to you know go to bed get up in the morning to see where I was at in this tracker and a wee things like that you know that was sort of picking me up towards the end um so what happened to your guy then because I'm in I'm anticipation firstly what happened to him and secondly what was his name his name was I want to flick to the back of the book <laughs> to find out his name his name was Lappin Believe it or not, nice as well. He's not lapping me. <laughs> I think it was Kieran lapping. I think because I looked, I didn't have the tracker. Well, I, I could have looked it up if I wanted to on my phone, but I, I just I didn't want to 
I didn't want distractions of that kind. I, mm. As I say, I wasn't doing it for a win or anything. And Ivan and Emmons were looking at the tracker, so they were they could see everything that was going on. And I could see messages from Elizabeth and my sister Paula saying, where's Lapin now? Where's Lapin now? And I hadn't a clue at this stage what this was. And it actually turns out me and uh, this guy, I think, I'm nearly sure it was Kieran. We were actually talking at the start line, you know, and run a wee bit together at the start. And he hadn't said exactly where he was going, but he said he had run in Energia and got to 90. And he was determined to get to the 100 this year. So that was another thing in my head. I was thinking, uh, if this is the guy, if he gets to 100, will he stop? You know, Mm. so any motivation like that, I was just trying to use it, you know, to my advantage so um, I'd heard names I even had said names and stuff like that but I wasn't so was that the end of him in Belturbet or did he come back he stopped for a while in Belturbet and then I had a good I had a good lead and I kept on going I even had said I'd went straight on a main road on my map I was supposed to go down a side road but they said there was too many hills on it and he said Ivan had said to me, listen, you have this one at this stage. And I was going, I don't have it one to that 24. It still wasn't light at this stage. Like, you know, so we had still, it must have been around six in the morning. No, maybe uh, six in the morning, I think. How many Um, miles had you done then? Around 80 miles or so? It was probably closer to, let me think. I have it all written down and looked at, but Mm -hmm. whatever the distance was, we were, it, it was definitely later on into it whenever Ivan had said to me, listen, you're, you have this one. And I was going, no, definitely not. But there was a place where he he went the road I was supposed to go on. When I when I came up the main road, I turned left and then took a right back onto the, the road I was initially supposed to go on. He went along that and turned, but then turned again. And it later transpired that he had got to the flood signs and said he was too tired he wanted to break this 100 mile mark and he went the other way towards Ballyconnell I think it was yeah. Ballyconnell so he had turned up that way now Ivan had kept telling me now I don't know whether it was him telling me for confidence wise or what but I was going I'm not I'm not stopping until I'm 24 hours in so I went on at this stage I was going listen I'm in good form the light was coming up. I'd actually got to parts of the coast to coast and I'd actually been there before. Okay. So my thinking was, right, I'm going to go to places where I haven't been before and I'll get to see around. Of course, you get into the night and you don't see anything anyway. But I was coming past places where I had been in coast to coast. I'd run along Loch Garadice, I think it was, and places like that. And the sun was coming up. Um, another funny one was down it feel like the asshole of nowhere but there's every so often I'd seen these wee bugs on the ground spray painted yellow bugs in the ground and I was saying diving and them and I was going did you see them bugs and they were going you're fucking hallucinating and I was going I'm not I'm not definitely not and he was winding me up I had taken, taken a photograph to show him and I was going did you see them and he's going what all I see is the road and that like he obviously he's seen the photograph but he was going no there's no bug there and then he laughed and said listen go on but that taking my mind off things I came around a corner at a forestry and there was Chinese lanterns in the trees 
the light was coming up. I had to stop to get a photograph. I looked over my shoulder, the sun was coming up. Got a photograph of it. Over the other shoulder, the rain was starting again. There was a rainbow. Uh, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful morning. Now, I was tired at that stage and I was power walking, slowing down, trying to run a bit. I was shuffling anywhere where I seen a hill downwards. I was pushing on down the hill. Now, when I say pushing on, I look back at the time and wasn't really going too quick, but I actually <laughs> so put in still that. moving forward, like yeah, still moving forward, and that's what it was all about. Um, I read a book. I'm sure you've heard of it, Brian Powell, Relentless Forward Progress, and you know a lot of things in his book is what motivated me to get mm. onto the la- the start line. He always says the hardest part is actually getting to the start line, and again that was going through my head. Um, another thing. My father told me about running. He said, when you get to a point in a race, if you think back, the distance you've just come, it's take, it's going to take you a long, long time to get back to that distance. So if you have only a few miles to go yeah. up the road, you know, you keep going that few miles because what's what you've just done, think about how long that's going to take you the next time and keep going. So that was ringing out in my head. And as I say... I was looking back at the splits and at that stage I wasn't looking at the watch like I was sort of just keeping going asking them am I nearly there am I nearly there and <laughs> the sun was coming up and the form was good I wasn't I wasn't going too quick but I was still conscious of I hadn't seen the camper van that was the other thing I hadn't seen the camper van in a while and I says are you sure and Ivan says no he started again and I says well where is he at and he says well he's He's a good bit away. He's a good bit away. And I said, no, good bit. Have you measured it? Where's he at? And then he says, the only thing, there's another. There's a team coming. And I go, for fuck's sake. I says, come on. I've never heard about this team. And then we're, we're laid into it. I hadn't reached 100 miles at this stage. So it was in the 90s. But the I, I had asked him, I says, are we, am I close to, uh, are we close to the 24 hour? Am I going to get to the 100 mile mark? And he says, you're going to get way past it. You're going to make Bally uh, or Carrick on Shannon. And I was going, oh, happy days, happy days. And I was thinking, I was trying to work it out in my head going, because I had done a pace calculator and an estimator for different towns at different points for them in the van. And I was going, listen, if we get split up or whatever, um, this is the time, if you put in mm. my current pace, this is the time I'll get to the town. But we kept going. Um the light was coming up. I can't remember the name of the wee town. Fina, Fina, something like that. I'd seen a sign for Garva and Garva's place up the north, yeah. close to my home. And I was, <clears throat> I took a photograph of it thinking, did I get lost somewhere? But through the town and they had stopped up the road and they says, That's, you must be at 100 now. And I was going, not of another bit to go. And he says, oh, well, you, you told us that whatever distance it was at. And they had measured it out in the van and pulled in and stopped. And I'm coming along, ready for the 100 mile, bang. I even turned around with a pizza box with 100 miles still smiling or something written on it and a smiley face like and that was that was phenomenal like and yeah. I was going I've just run 100 mile and then in less than 24 in hours in less than 24 hours and that, that's a real big like milestone for ultra runners not just 100 for miles for me it was but like, well for most really to run 100 miles in under 24 hours mm-hmm. it's one of those things well, see, that's what that's I say. When I was when I was trying to build up the knowledge, and like I went into it, I 
I hadn't a clue. I've never run any further than 40, 40, and that was only in 2018 mm-hmm. when I run the, the Causeway Ultra. So I had always heard about this hundred or hundo, as they call it in American places. <laughs> and I'd always heard about this. And then when you sort of follow energy and things like that, you hear people saying, you know, oh, I really wanted to get to the hundred mile mark. And that was, that's why I had that goal in my head. Like that was, you know, but again, I didn't know whether I could get there. So this, this is a lot more complicated than like spending a year. Definitely. You know what I mean? This is you're running round and round and round with all the carnival that's around you yeah. and all the support, motivation, you get fuel whenever you want. But here you've got hills, rain, puddles, floods, people chasing you. You've got police cars going past looking for escape prisoners, the whole works. That's it. it it's a well I've never done energia, but it was to cr- I'm, I'm anyway. saying to cross the line at 100 miles it wasn't a line that's the thing about this and I'll tell you about the finish line as well or the finish of the 24 hour you know there's people do races and they're, they're pushing for a podium and they've got a big fanfare and <laughs> photographs and people out clapping and cheering and we finished beside a lock on the side of a hill and they were worried about stopping on this corner we need to go and I'm going I've just run 24 fucking hours and you're trying to get up the road to get turned and <laughs> This this type of thing, you know, if you go into a race like this looking for that kind of, um, mm. I don't know, photographs and things like that, you're in the wrong race. You know, that's not why you do it. And everybody who runs in a race like that are winners in my eyes. You know, it's it never was about the winning. But for me, I've won it. It's it's still sinking in. Like, yeah, I still yeah. can't believe So you believe knew that it. straight away. As soon as the 24 hours hit, bang, because your cream well, was watching everybody on the track. <laughs> no. I didn't. What do you hear this? I'm, <laughs> I'm coming along. I'll hit the 100 mile mark, right? So I'm going, I've done 100 mile, I've done 100 mile, and I'm going, but I've still got time in the watch, right? So I'm going to keep going. And then we're going, so what's your goal now? What's your goal now? And we Callum. Callum Morris is a absolutely outstanding mountain biker. If you've Look him up if you haven't heard of him, but... He's winning everything at the minute, like in under 14s, and he's up racing with the best. You know, he's going to be an absolute superstar. Again, it was great to have them. They slept through the night and were up in the morning for this. And uh, he'd said to me, Four marathons, go. And I'm looking, and I was going, Maybe. And I was going, 5k at this stage. Can I get, can I knock out a 5k? And, and I needed to do, what was it, four, four point something miles at this stage to get the, the four marathons and I started running and then eased back a bit and I was going nah the legs are wrecked I'll just get in and it was funny because I was looking back at the miles I was covering earlier and it even midway through it and you know that that's another thing I forgot to turn the fucking mile marker off so it was buzzing every while <laughs> on my Garmin I actually had to turn my Garmin inside out and put a power bank on it to keep the battery going because yeah. I was determined to get the full thing on my Garmin um, pushed on a bit when I say pushed on I wasn't going too quick but I was going having the 24 hours done I'm going to go to the 24 hour um, kept going around the next corner around the next then seen this hill and I'm like oh my god a hill at this stage and I was down to a walk and it wasn't a power walk it was a, a slow walk up this hill came around I thought I'm getting close here seen the van up ahead my watch went 24 hours. I said to them, I says, right, where am I at on the tracker? Is it 24 hours? Has that beeped? I says, make sure and get a screenshot of that tracker. 
And I says, I know where I'm at in my watch. Screenshot that tracker to say where I'm at. And Ivan's going, well, if it hasn't updated, it updates 10 minutes or something like that, I think. But he says, if it hasn't updated, and I says, well, right, I'm going to keep going then. And he was going, you're finished. And I'm going, no, fucking, I'm keeping going. I says, I'm not stopping until I'm, I'm sure I'm totally finished. And Ivan says, listen, you're finished. And I just threw the hands up in the air and <laughs> let a yo-ho out of me. And uh, the feeling, like, at that stage... and. I was feeling really, really tired, but absolutely buzzing from doing this. That that goal of getting to 100 mile and then finishing was just absolutely amazing. Standing in the middle of What What nowhere, distance did you get? 103.5. So that came in quite quick succession then. So mm-hmm. you made the 100 miles. You got... Yep. It took a long time to do them last 3.5 miles. But to your point, and the, and it was just, I was going, I'm over the 100, that's all I wanted, but I'm going to keep going until the 24 elapses. Yeah. And I did, I kept going, and I can safely say I was running as the 24 hour finish. Because so. to your point, when the 24 hour finishes, that's it, just stops dead. Yeah. That's it. No matter where you're at, you could be any, absolutely anywhere. anywhere. You might be There's with your crew there. or not with your crew, that's it over. They stopped. And you've gone through all of that, like, pushing forward and all of those challenges that you've had and try, trying to persevere through that and then just stop. Bang, that was That's it. it. <laughs> and as I say, they were saying to me, we're in a really bad place here, we need a turn. And I'm going, get out and take a fucking photograph of me at the finish line. Like, come on. And they says, we need to turn, we need to turn. So they went up the road to turn and come back in. And I says, right, are you sure I can turn now and go back? I'm finished. Yes, definitely. Stop my watch. Got to photograph the watch and things. And we went down to a lay-by, we were able to take a photograph of the lake in the background and stuff and a photograph with them. I was conscious of getting a photograph of them because I got one at the start and without them, they were instrumental mm-hmm. in me. It's quite know. pretty hard for them as well. You mm-hmm. know, them guys have to go for 24 mm-hmm. hours through all the way through the night. That's it. Slow, fuck, moving forward, stop waiting. Like it's, it can yeah. be pretty tough for the crew. Like. I've actually done support crew myself and I know what it's like. It's... Uh, it's funny because you do think you've got time, but then you're doing so much. It's sort of it, the time goes on for them as well. Like you know, I remember doing support crew for Jason Black, and Jason was doing race around Ireland, and we kept thinking, oh, we'll get up the road and get set up, and I'll take photos and videos of him. And next thing, we'd pulled in, and I was starting to get the kit out of the bag, and there he was past me, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, he's passed already. So it was back into the car, right? See if I can get up the road again, mm. you know. And they were they were saying the same. I even said to the Callum and Aaron, I was going, are you just bored? And they were, no, no, we we're loving it. You know, it's, it's great. Yeah. They were. It's exciting were as well. It's exciting to follow that and watch that. So, at what That's point it. did you learn, or how did you hear that you'd won the race? I even kept telling me I'd won. I get into the van and. Uh, we he says, listen, this, we were on the side of the road, so it wasn't a good place to get out. Plus, there was a house, and I didn't want to be getting out, getting changed in front of a house. So we said, we'll go down the road and stop somewhere. Um, you can get changed and things. The phone went straight away. It was my sisters, uh, three of them on on a WhatsApp message, and they were sort of cutting in and out, screaming and shouting, well done, well done, well done, and chatting away and. And they were going, well, did you win? Did you win? We were watching you in the tracker. Did you win? Did you win? I was going, I don't know. I says, I'm just in the van here. I don't know. I says, I, I got to 103.5 miles. And they were, oh, my God. And then the signal was cutting in and out. So put the phone down anyway. Went up the road. 
Ivan reassured me. He was going, no, you've, you've definitely won. There's no way anybody else. Like the other two, there was a couple of ones I think went towards Dublin. Somebody else went to Derry. And I knew I'd worked out sort of the distance. Derry, Port Stewart, general, generally in around the 50, 56 mark. I think it was 56, I think uh, Sammy Day had told me he'd done. Um, so they had all told me, listen, you've won. And I was going, I'm blown away if I have, but I'm saying nothing because I haven't had, haven't had confirmation. Um, there was one part in the road where I got a message from, it was it somebody had messaged me and saying, oh, you're, you're doing great, you're doing great, you know, keep pushing on, keep pushing on, and you'll, you've definitely got this one. And I was thinking, you know, th this was all going around my head, but at that stage... I should have been getting into the van, collapsing in my sleep, but I was I was buzzing at that stage. I was wide awake and I was rustling around in the bag. What can I eat? Like crisps and things I hadn't been eating. You know, I'd been on a pretty strict diet and hadn't eaten any junk food. And I was pulling out bags of crisps, munching crisps into me, chatting to Aaron and Callum. And they were saying, sort of telling me everything that happened down the road and the guy was catching you and then you were getting away from him and that was the reason we told you and we hope we didn't put you under pressure and I was saying listen I'm glad you did but at that stage I didn't think I had any more to give and then all of a sudden I'm running on cloud nine and I don't know whether it was as I say I don't know whether it was the ibuprofen and the coffee and the a can of coke I took a can of coke as well and something I haven't I drank um, I used to love fizzy drinks like that was me and Fizz, I used to drink a two litre bottle of fizzy drinks. Or no, what are the wee ones? Seven, seven fifty. I would drink about four or five of them during the day and work. And then at home, a two litre bottle sitting with a pizza or something, watching TV at night. And I was, I was fucking huge at the time. Because <laughs> I was tall, you couldn't see it in me, yeah. you know. But um, I remember that was, that was the other thing. I even actually wrote down everything. I have it in my race report, but I even wrote down everything I ate and when I ate it and times and stuff like that the can of coke followed by a coffee and two ibuprofen probably not a good combination but i was that would definitely that was the pick time. you up like when i look back when i look back at the time the times <coughs> i set now they're not blistering pace but you had 90 something mile done at that mm. i done was it four or five consecutive miles in around the 13 and a half mark you know, and where that came out of, I don't know. It was just keeping going, keeping going, keeping mm. going, and then again, Coke I get is hit great by though. The, get Coke hit is by the great. bang, like you know. It's, yeah. no, so when, it's, when did you find out then? When was that confirmation? Was it that evening? No, no. I get home and my sisters had said, and I'd said to Margaret, "Listen, even them have told me I've won this," and they're like, "She's unbelievable." She's, you know, and I said, "Well, I don't really." I don't want to say anything because I, I don't know whether I have won it or not. But for me, it still wasn't, you know, I, can't, I know I keep repeating myself, but it wasn't about winning. So, yes, I wanted to know. But at the same time, you know, if it had been a 10K, target, like, yeah. I would have been going, you know, come on, Jesus, Jillian, come on, give me, give me the results, give me the results. But I wasn't really that bothered at that stage. You'd already hit your 100 miles. That I'd was, hit that my was 100 it. miles. That was nine. it, you know. When I hit that 100 miles, I wasn't for stopping, but I had reached my goal, and that's what yeah. I had set out to do. Um, Sunday, I went down to the cryo bath on the Antrim Road, jumped into it, and done my 10 minutes, got out. 
Woke up Monday morning, went to work, wondering how the fuck can I still walk after that? You know, the only pain I had, and it, the ankle's still bad, it's really, really swollen, was in my ankle. The legs were a wee bit sore, but nothing. Like I'd told you before about the marathon, I was going down the, the stairs sideways. I'd just done 100 miles and I could still walk. And people were saying to me, I didn't expect you to see you in today. So Monday passed, no mention of the, the results. So then I was thinking, maybe I didn't, or maybe there's an issue with these trackers or something, or... Um, Nobody had mentioned it. My sisters kept on at me. Go text them and ask them. Come on, text them and ask them. I said, listen. I says, they'll give us the results in their own time. Um, Tuesday. No, it was Monday. Monday night, we were supposed to return the trackers, and I had said to Gary and Jillian, look, I can come and meet you somewhere with the tracker. And Gary had said, Jillian's going into Belfast on Wednesday, and I says, well. I didn't want to ask him, <laughs> but I was saying like, no, no, I can come and meet you. Like I'm only up in uh, Molusk. I can go down and meet you to yours. And he was going, well, Gillian's going to meet you in Belfast. She's in Belfast anyway. So I says, right, that'll do. But this was, it, it had started nagging at me by Tuesday. I was going, I'd love to know, you know, I'd love to know. It's a funny feeling like, um, anticipation, of it. anticipation. Yeah. So, Wednesday came, I'm on work, knowing Chilean's coming in on the at the lunchtime and she messaged, I went out the front and she congratulated me and said, Congratulations on the win. And that was the first I heard it on the Wednesday. And I was just blown away and I told her the story. I says you know, that I told her the story about the guy lapping catching me and even not wanting to tell me but also, you know, saying you're going to have to keep going type of thing. And I was saying about just trying my hardest to push on, but conscious of not blowing up because I wanted to get to 100. I wanted to complete the 24 hour. Like I didn't want to get to 100 miles and say, that, right, that'll do me, even though I'm at 21. You know, some people will do that and the likes of the energy. But I wanted to go for the full 24 hour. And it was still surreal at that stage you know even though mm. she had told me she had confirmed that yes you have one and she apologized she says listen really sorry we didn't get the results out but we had to get the tracker information back to us from the the suppliers and uh, everything had to be confirmed because they don't track yeah they don't track live isn't it it's the updates. it's not like chip time it's totally yeah. different thing you have to get the feedback of all the data and yeah. then work out as the crow flies mm -hmm. so then they done their their crow flies and i was I was standing there just... If you think of some of the people that were in the race, you talked about, like, so Sean Nickel, Jill McCann, you know, phenomenal altar races. How did that make you feel? You know, when you reflect back on that, because um, it puts you up there with those type of people. I, I don't see myself anywhere near that, you know. Seeing people at a start line... And the stature there, and people people will have heard of these guys, you know, mm. in the ultra circles. People won't have heard of me. I don't, I'm not a, a big distance runner of, of this second year at it. Um, and I'm not saying that in any blase way or anything. Yeah. It was just, I don't, I don't personally see myself up there as this elite athlete. Um, I've put in two solid years of work. Now, it wasn't structured work, but I mean, 
as I was saying, I've done the seven sevens, I've been in the mountains, I've been doing long runs, I've been doing gym work, I've been doing core work, a lot of core work, um, swimming, things like that. Really put the work in. Uh, mind, I've got my mind right for it. And I'm absolutely blown away by number one, getting to the 100 mile, but to win is, mm. it's, <laughs> honestly, it's a week later, almost, like, and I still can't believe it. You know, it's there's excellent. people congratulating me from the other side of the world. My sister, I have sisters in South Africa and sisters that have travelled the world and they've got contacts and they were all involved checking the tracker and wishing me well. And, you know, to, to finish a race in first place like that is just absolutely mind-blowing. Do you think you know? that this race has sort of changed you slightly? So when you go back, so you've, you've only raced to 40 miles I just mean from a racing perspective. So now you've done a hundred miles. Like it changes your mental sort of thought process about yourself. Because now you know you can do a hundred miles in twenty four hours. It it has. You know, I have a time to reflect this week and I keep looking back going there wasn't there was highs and lows in that race, but there was never a point where I thought I need a I'm going to need to pull out of this race. You know, I've never... I'd done races before. As I said to you, done a lot of mountain bike races. I remember doing a 12-hour mountain bike race in Balergan in the Cooley Mountains. First lap, done great. Loved it. Second lap, started getting issues with the gears. Third lap, the gears didn't work. I was stuck in a heavy gear. And I was just struggling and hating it. And I was thinking, right throw the bike in the van and go home and every lap from that to 12 hours in every lap I was saying I'm going home fuck this I'm going home fuck this I'm going home I got back into the start finish area the music was playing the crowds were there the atmosphere and I was going well I can't pull out now I'll, I'll, one more lap I'll do one more lap I'd get out of the field fuck what did I do that for I'm going home I'm going home I'm going home the whole way around the lap you know and other even smaller it's races like a negative thing yeah smaller races I remember starting mm. and just feeling oh god I'm gonna I'm gonna give up I'm gonna give up you know and a younger me probably would have given up but in that race there was never a point where I was there was the point where I was staggering and I was almost falling asleep yes but I wasn't feeling I'm gonna give up here I was just mm. feeling I'm mm. gonna keep going you know even getting up that hill and getting the coffee I, I hadn't stopped I kept going and they came along beside me and gave me the coffee out the window and you know I kept shuffling along at a walking pace and drinking the coffee and yeah, I, I think that's just like listening to you I think it's, it's a beautiful thing ultra running mm. because there's this journey of growth that people go on and you can hear it in your story um, just to finish off then like what would you say to anybody that's thinking about doing their first ultra but they're not sure whether they should do it or not like I would say jump in jump in and do it um, you'll learn a lot about yourself there will be highs and lows but there's something about longer distance races they're more relaxed yes you're doing a longer distance but they're more relaxed the people around you are friendlier um, I found it in some of the shorter races where they would run over the top of you you know if you're lying at the side of the mountain sleeping they would just walk past you like you and the woman and <laughs> CCC, but no. <laughs> the uh, 
I have I have seen that in, in shorter races, but in ultra running, no, that there's a there's a real community mm. community feel to it. But you learn a lot about yourself, don't you? You do definitely. I think you that's know one of the, the one thing one takeaway is you don't really know what you're capable of mm-hmm. until you start going past that limit. And it's a real path of self discovery. It is. Um, I t- I sort of thought about that. trying to put it into words you know it's you keep I was sort of conscious of pulling myself back but at the same time wanting to push on and that was the kind of battle the whole way through it and then getting to the finish and saying you know I just completed 100 miles like 103.5 miles that was absolutely mind-blowing you know and I kept going and there was no point there's there's races where I've been absolutely out in my feet earlier and this is 103 mile 103.5 miles in and i'm still going strong you know and my mind was there at no point was i no point was the mind gone like i've heard people hallucinating through the night and things like that now but i was the funny thing is is People will know listening to this, you get your Garmin watch and there's badges will flash up and things like that. They don't really mean anything, but popped up on my Garmin, 100 miles, insanity badge. And I'm going, this badge is calling me insane, but I've never been more direct and, you know, looking forward in all my life. I've been, that was the clearest I ever was. I was going to reach my goal and, you know... I was getting this insanity badge for doing over 100 miles. But it's funny when you look at it that way. That was the clearest I ever was. I was I was completing it. My I would have done anything for brilliant it. Brilliant way to finish. Thank you very much. Yeah. I just absolutely love that. It's a superb episode of what the body can do when the mind is ready. I was dosed with a cold when recording, but Michael made my job easy as his storytelling was just as good as his running. Hope you enjoyed the journey. This really was a great effort. Until next week, stay safe and keep on moving.